Hi, my name is Ben Atkinson, and welcome to Season 2 of the Functional Health Podcast. I'm trained in both biomedical science and nutrition, and I firmly believe that a holistic and functional approach to health is fundamental to our well-being. I interview some of the leading voices in nutrition and lifestyle medicine, from practitioners to professors and everyone in between. With this podcast, I will share with you their stories, their expertise, and their advice, shedding light on the industry from each of their perspectives, and providing you with simple tips and tricks to help improve your health from today. This week, I'm delighted to be speaking with Alex Crockford. Alex is a personal trainer and fitness model with the aim to provide accessible, easy-to-follow health information to help people change their lives. He's had success with thousands of clients, and I'm so excited to share his knowledge today and talk about something a little different, and that is body image and how we perceive it. So, without further ado, Alex... Welcome to the show. Wow, what a great intro. Thank you, buddy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So Alex, for people who aren't familiar with your story, how did you become interested in health and fitness? Um, well, I think it's it's been my life forever, really. From an early age when I was um, a teenager in sports and fitness and basketball and football and a bit of everything, really, that gradually progressed into um, more of a, a passion and an actual life and career through college and university went to Southampton Solent down south um, and studied in fitness and personal training and that just catapulted me straight into a personal training job near where I live in Surrey area and worked very solidly as a personal trainer Um, but I was at that gym for a good six seven years but in that time period I um my dreams kind of grew and I'm sure a lot of teenage boys um, saw those magazine covers when they were younger and thinking how can I be that guy on the the front of those magazines and that was always a dream of mine so whilst I was personal training I was also thinking how can I start to be a fitness model how can I progress that and I was already enjoying helping other people get fit, but I was also taking a keen interest in my, my physique and my body and my fitness. And this was in the either just before Instagram or just as it was starting to grow. So a similar time to me looking for um, the abilities to be a fitness mom and finding agencies and photo shoots. I was also starting to post on Instagram as well. And it was all quite a fortunate timing, really. Um, and it was around 2014, 2015 that... I I got a model agent and I started to get a few jobs here and there um, whilst I was I was posting on Instagram as well. And really, it was a turning point at late 2015. I got my first magazine cover. So like I said a moment ago about that childhood teenage boy dream moment where I could hold the magazine and see myself on the cover. That actually happened and it it blew my mind away. But at this point, I'd already started to work quite hard on Instagram and and had some followers. Um, So by posting this information, I also um, got a bit of interest in how to achieve a body like that, how to get the results you're getting. And that was that passion kind of grew from personal training, helping people one to one to then thinking, how can I help 
thousands of people. How can I help more and more people per hour, which would be great for me as a business and great for me to, to fulfill my purpose and passion of reaching more people, achieve goals. And that was kind of the birth of CrocFit as the business is now and my yes. CrocFit fitness plans. And I based that first program that I wrote upon my training for that magazine cover, basically. And that was how it was kind of marketing, uh, marketed and targeted. But um, eventually that product kind of grew out and I changed it into a more of a marketable mass market thing that it is now. A transition kind of occurred from um, doing less and less personal training and whilst I was being supported in fitness modeling happening happening a little bit more I did quite a lot of work in in 2015 and 2016 um, and I started to sell a little bit of crockfit and I see a lot of people in my field and personal trainers wondering how to be a success online and they see people thinking that they're an overnight success but really I had this very long transitional period of maybe a year and a half two years of where I left my full-time PT job I was still doing private PT with a family which was like three to six hours a week yes where I could have enough time for myself to work on my business and crockfit and start to develop more products and programs and work hard on social media at the same time um eventually to the point closer to now where I do zero hours personal training, which I've done for really two years now, no personal training at all, where I can really dedicate my time on creating content on Instagram, YouTube, um, to just give give advice in fitness and help, and help people as well as um, vlog style um, content as well and work harder in my business in CrocFit and, and create the unique setup that it is now. And really, which has happened in the past three months, which is develop um, my app. So the next transition takes place, which is actually moving my my old setup of PDF downloadable files into um, putting all of that content into an interactive, user-friendly app form to to create a better, more interesting service for the croc fitters which have signed up in the past few years, but also to generate more and more um, business with future crop fitters who are going to sign up via the app um, and really enjoy their their training and and making health and fitness part of their life. I don't do much fitness modeling these days. I think Instagram and YouTube has generated this influencer marketing. So it's kind of got this weird crossover of being an influencer model slash business person where I don't go and do many fitness modeling photo shoots. It's like, it's not my main thing. As is influence to work, I do. Um, I, I work with a few brands, which I enjoy, but I'm not like a mass influencer that says yes to a million jobs. And you see, see them promoting everything on on Instagram. I'm very aware of um, of what my viewers would think, and that I have this responsibility to to put um, products in front of their eyes that are useful to them, and I I kind of resonate with myself. So that's kind of where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Such a massive journey and so many different, um, I suppose, facets to it as well. Um, yeah. And congratulations with all the all the success. Thank you very much. As a nutritionist, it seems that the biggest challenge when working with clients is to initiate long-term behavior change. 
I'm sure many people can relate to this when they follow a healthy lifestyle for a period of time and then they fall off the wagon. What advice can you give the listeners to help maintain their healthy habits long-term? Oh, totally. This is a big, big thing. And I think it's quite a personal um, preference to everyone. Like everybody's personalities are different in how they approach these things. And I see it all the time with people starting something and falling off um, and then starting again. But for the most part, it is a lot of people maybe try too much too soon or really what they think is a healthy approach may be slightly restricted or they're working a bit too hard. So as soon as other priorities come in their life or it's a little bit too hard to keep up, they fall off, they fall off and lose track. So my biggest advice is probably taking on small changes at a time and really adjusting to one to three habits at a time, making it a part of their life and then moving on to the next. I see a lot of people thinking, oh, this is what I need to do. And they change so much, too much too soon, <laughs> and they can't keep it up. Um, but also, it, it comes down to motivation, really. And I find that when you have something to work towards and you are motivated for something, and a, lo a lot of people think that <clears throat> a healthy lifestyle doesn't have to be motivated by anything. But I think it's, there's nothing wrong to go through life with short-term motivation that you're always working towards whether it's the holiday in the summer or wanting to be healthy to play with the, the kids outside or something that's actually tangible that keeps you motivated to keep going um, is really important and that's how I live my life and there's nothing wrong with that so your mind is always focused on why I'm doing this that added motivation so what I see very commonly is people hit their motivation they hit, like hit that goal or whatever they were working towards, they finish a 12-week program or something like that, the accountability's gone, the motivation's gone, and then everything goes to pot. They start doing less exercise, they start eating some more junk food, and before they know it, they've kind of, a few weeks or a few months have gone past, and they've maybe put the weight back on, or they've um, reduced um, in whatever their actual goals were whether that's that's fat loss weight loss or um or fitness results or anything like that so i think it's being mindful of of what it is that you're working towards and once you reach that what is the next thing you're working towards so i think it's a great to have that motivation always yes i mean there's two points there which i just want to <clears throat> touch upon very quickly or highlight the idea that people tend to change so much at once rather than those little changes over time. It seems like we live, we all have busy lives nowadays and changing what you eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner, maybe going to the gym three or four more times a week and then all the other aspects on top of that, those added micro stresses can just overwhelm people. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why they also fall off, just like you suggested. And equally... You're right in saying that people do reach a goal and then stop. I know people who work towards maybe their wedding and then they look a certain way and then they say, oh, the wedding's over and then they go back to see how they were before. When really, like, a diet, there's no longevity built into it. When lifestyle, saying that you're going to change your lifestyle, that automatically does. Yeah, exactly. And there's we know that diet just means what we're what we're eating day to day but the term diet does make make people think that there's a start and a finish yes when you're yes, when exactly. your healthy lifestyle that you're adjusting is 
is making you realize that this is for life this is forever and it and one of the top questions i ask people is is what what are you doing now with your training and with what you're eating can you see yourself doing that in a year's time five years time and if not and if you're not enjoying it and and make in the process um isn't enjoyable for you then it's the wrong one you need to make some adjustments um, yes but but everyone's different like i said if you if you don't have a really demanding job or a family then maybe you can change a lot at once but mm -hmm. generally speaking a lot of us are very busy we have a lot of other priorities and for someone that isn't like me where fitness is my life a lot for a lot of people that want to be fitter and healthier fitness isn't their top priority yes. so it's finding ways to move um those kind of fitness guidelines into their life that doesn't over overwhelm them and overtake every other aspect of their life so that their their time with their children or their time with their husband or their work decreases because you've got to find that way to have everything rolling at once i suppose this brings me on to my next question which what do you find is the biggest stumbling block for people or the biggest obstacle for people when they're looking to change their physique and health um i think it's it's different for everyone um but i think sometimes it's it's self-belief and the begin and the ability to actually make a start or make a change is probably the biggest thing so making the start i think people put it on a pedestal thinking that once they make a start and they acknowledge that they've made a start whether it's to themselves or to the people around them or to social media um they feel that if they fail everyone knows and then they that they fail so then it's just a lot of pressure on themselves mm -hmm. so instead of just actually making small adjustments as they go it's not about having this big um, hoo-ha about starting. Um, it's just about adjusting and making small changes as you go. And the self-belief thing is an issue, especially if people have tried and failed in the past. Their confidence reduces more and more over time. If they've tried this diet or tried that approach or they went to a workout class and got no results or they got injured, all these things over the past can build up and decrease their confidence in ever starting again. So I think it's about increasing the confidence and that happens by small wins, small ways to gain motivation. When you see a small result, like if they see that they've lost 1% in body fat or they've gained um, a kilogram in muscle or they've gained some fitness or whatever, that very small result can result in some increase in confidence and then the the cycle kind of starts going round and they start doing more because their self-belief increases, their confidence increases, and they start doing more towards what they know will, will achieve more results. Yes, that, that makes perfect sense. And I suppose that self-belief, it goes hand in hand with the, their mindset. Yeah. How, how important has mindset been for you and I guess for your clients when working towards their goals? Mindset is everything. I think the mindset comes before anything else. Um, like we just said about the self-confidence and self-belief, uh, belief, but also knowing what you want. The mindset of actually understanding what is it that I want. And I think in this day and age, it's massively confused. We can see more and more now about what other people are doing than ever before. And that kind of dilutes what we want ourselves. So I think 
having the mindset to think, what is it that I want? And for most people, it isn't a ripped, shredded six-pack. It isn't all this big, bulging muscle or to be an elite athlete. For most people, it's to be healthier, fitter, uh, to have a, a lower body fat, maybe. And it's them um, kind of more healthy, all-round goals. And once you've got that um, understanding of what you want yourself, you're able to have a stronger mindset and have the actions in place to, to actually get there. Um, mindset is everything. I would just like to talk about something which isn't addressed very much in the fitness industry. And that's the fine balance between working towards a healthy body image and body dysmorphia. And for the listeners, body, body dysmorphia is a mental health condition where a person spends a lot of time obsessing or worrying about their flaws and their appearance. And with the rise of social media, it seems to be a growing phenomenon where people tend to obsess about the way they look. How have you found, how, well, how have you come across this in the industry and when working with clients? Yeah, it is um, it is certainly a very big topic, especially with the rise of social media and with us spending more time on Instagram and everything and, and looking at other people. Um, and I think the biggest advice for people is to, oh, I, I, I see it a lot. I see people like, I post photos of me looking good on Instagram and people will often say they want my body or they want to achieve my body. And the biggest advice I always give is for people to understand who they are and where they are and that you're looking for the best version of yourself rather than anybody else's. And on social media, it's a life which is full of filters, full of Photoshop, and you need to be more aware of the fact that everything you see isn't real. And even if it is, it doesn't matter. And looking at yourself and realizing that you can be happy without the comparison because the comparison with others is really what could create that dysmorphia and that um, inability to be fulfilled and happy with where you are as an individual. So it's that idea of being like the best you you can be rather than compare yourself to, I don't know, Joe Bloggs next door. Yeah, exactly. And I, I often talk, I often think about this to myself quite a lot. I don't have body dysmorphia, but there is a fine balance between being ambitious and always wanting a little bit more. And yes. that's fine for being in fitness because that keeps you driven to, to go to the gym and to eat, eat healthy because you, you want to improve or at least stay the same as where you are. But it's finding the balance of, wanting that drive and ambition and wanting more, but also being quite grateful and fulfilled as to how far you've come or for, for what you look like now, but also trying to not be so attached to purely image, but also looking at the other um, benefits of why you're being healthy and hitting the gym and, and uh, eating healthy is how you feel. What Like you're reducing your your chances of diabetes and heart attack and cancer and all these things, all these other benefits that aren't related to purely image. And uh, I think more, the more people can associate their healthy lifestyles to all the other benefits um, decreases purely just what the mirror is saying. As a fitness model, I know we touched upon this before the podcast, Alex. Have you ever noticed yourself worrying too much about the way that you look 
or and if you have how have you managed these feelings yeah uh, i've gone through processes myself i back at the beginning of the podcast what i was saying about starting my fitness modeling career and things like that is i was still young and learning everything about my own mind and um my own processes as i went away and the process i went through for castings and photo shoots and holidays was so restrictive i used to do too much cardio and and under eat massively and as soon as the the casting or the event was finished i would then binge binge for the weekend or accidentally the week yes. and fi find myself two steps back from where i even started and then that process kind of continued on and on for quite some time because I knew to get in shape, I had to go into that restrictive state. And it took a while of um, actual mental practice and wisdom in what I was doing to realize that actually, what if I was to find a place where I'm happy with day to day, where, I, where I'm not being restrictive, I'm eating what I enjoy whilst being healthy, I'm training and exercising every day where <clears throat> if something pops up, I don't need to be restrictive to get there. And therefore, I don't need to binge because if I want a chocolate bar or a donut, then I can have one. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things when I'm eating healthy. And as soon as I managed to find that approach, um, everything started to tick into place with... Um, with balancing a body fat and a weight and, and achieving my goals more steadily because I didn't have the, uh, the peaks and troughs up and down. And although not everybody is a fitness model and not everybody is striving for um, photo shoots and things like that, there's relatability in that for everything that people go through with their lives with fitting into the clothes that they love or, like you said, with a wedding or a holiday or anything. And... Um, and you see it every January and every summer, the, the last, oh, God, I've got two weeks to, to holiday. What, and then restrictive mode takes over. And I, everything I do every day on my social media and my programs is to help people find a place where they can be healthy and fitter every day for the rest of their life, uh, where they don't need to go on that restrictive diet and, and go up and down. Yes, and I think you've touched upon something very important, which is the idea of balance. Just because you're eating healthy doesn't mean you can never have a chocolate bar again. It just yeah. means you have to be conscious that when you do have that chocolate bar, know that you need to be healthy the rest of the time. Exactly. And for, for those wondering, because I'm guessing there's many people at home wondering now, how many times do I need to work out in a week to shape up? What would you say to those people thinking that? <laughs> um, well, I... I think the answer to every fitness question is it depends. Yes. <laughs> it's really, it's really <laughs> annoying because um, that's also a struggle talking to so many people is that everybody starts in a different place and everybody is going to a different place. But I think a training routine and a, and a, and a training plan doesn't need to be as overhauling as, as, as much as you think. I think it just needs to have the right train like the right training training smarter isn't training for hours every single day like people think it is um and for for what a lot of people do i think the industry is getting better at showing which type of training is better for people but i still go to busy gyms and i see people spending hours doing cardio training and 
I like to show people the benefits of what resistance training or circuit training or interval training can do for people, where they're saving time. Um, they don't need to spend hours doing boring things, but being more efficient and effective with their training. So just two or three strength training workouts a week alongside healthier, um, like active lifestyle that doesn't have to be in the gym, boring in the gym, but what are you doing in your day to day that makes you get those 10,000, 15,000 steps? Are you cycling? Are you walking? Are you, are you walking the stairs or are you sitting in the lift? All the standard boring things that you've heard all the time are the things that make the big difference in the long run. Um, it's your day-to-day -day lifestyle. What is the lifestyle change that you have made which has had the biggest impact on your health or just life in general? Um, I think what I mentioned a minute ago was probably the biggest thing where yes. I got out of that restrictive binge cycle and into uh, a moderate day-to-day -day, um, good habits. But I think it is the actual habits every single day which, which creates that that thing that you asked and that is knowing exactly what it is that I enjoy every single day and building a lifestyle around that so I can continue doing it because those habits may be difficult at the beginning and if they don't fit into your lifestyle then you're not going to keep up with it forever so for example for me I live in Surrey and I spend a bit of time in London I've got I sometimes have meetings or um, workouts or events and stuff um, and I don't mean to sound really, really lazy, but I try to book as little as possible in the morning because my morning routine for me um, is something that sets up my mind and body um, for the rest of the day and keeps me in check. I, I find my body stiffens up so much, so I love to have a morning stretch or a foam roll, um, the right breakfast, uh, maybe, a, maybe a walk and things like this, and maybe a bit of meditation and some music. All these kind of things that just sets me off in the right mindset for the day. But if I have to wake up with a buzzing alarm in my head, that I have to rush into the shower and then rush onto a train, um, sets me off in, in the wrong way. So I think for other people is they may not have the flexibility I have in the morning, but it is finding what works for them in their day-to-day. -day. Um, that's when it comes to training or, or fitness is people are often looking for what is the best time for me to exercise and there may be a best time for a human to exercise but if it's not right for you then it's not right for you because you may keep it up for three days in a row and then you'll fail because it doesn't actually work for you if home training first thing in the morning is best for you then that's when you need to do it or if gym training in the evening is best so i think people are often looking for the perfect situation when really the perfect situation is the one that they can keep up with long term themselves yes I, I think you're exactly right and that idea of a morning routine i've only recently changed up my morning routine where i actually wake up 15 minutes earlier to do that little bit of meditation maybe have a more relaxed morning do some stretching and that has really changed my just the way I feel going to to work rather than having to occasionally run for the train because I'm yeah. running a little bit late. Um, it makes a massive difference. So for you, when you wake up in the morning and you do your stretching, what is a good breakfast for you and what do you do? Um, yeah, it does vary a little bit depending on, I think, what training I have 
um, or what I'm what I'm doing at the time, the days may vary. Like right now, as we're recording this, I'm about six days away from Tokyo Marathon, so my yes. my morning routine is full of stretching and uh, foam rolling um, and recovery. Maybe recovery right now because yeah. I'm tr- because I'm training hard. But other times where I'm training in more of a a day to day, less intense, um, less overwhelming program, then I may get up and do some fasted walking. Um, I'd probably vary up depending on how my body feels on the day, whether I need to stretch or need to foam roll. Um, but I really try to get at least like a little five, 10 minute time without the phone where I can just think about my goals, what I'm, what I'm working towards in business, life, money, everything where I can just focus on what I want to achieve long term and what I really need to achieve in this day to day. Um, because it's so easy just to pick up your phone and there you are, you're on Instagram and you're scrolling and you're answering emails and your day has begun and you need that discipline. Um, and I find that the only time I can get that discipline is first thing in the morning because I haven't opened it yet. So don't open it yet. Just do what you need to do. Um, and then when it comes to breakfast, again, kind of depending on, um, the goals and the thing I'm working towards. But yes. this morning was a nice bowl of protein porridge. I just had some oats and some protein powder and some blueberries and some almond butter. Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty standard breakfast for me. Um, sometimes it's an omelette, eggs and, and um, vegetables, etc. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Um, I, I was just going to ask you, actually, because um, as a nutritionist, I tend to dive into all the literature. But what do you find, because I, I understand you have a lot of different programs out there, seems to be something which works for the majority of people. Is that low carb, high carb? What have you found which works mm. best? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I I don't prescribe any diets per se. I love just giving people the tools they need to gain more knowledge and understanding in nutrition and food and helping them make the decisions they need, but also realizing that everyone is so different and that whether it's a high carb, low carb versus um, other specific ingredients working for others and not for others. I find when it comes to losing weight or even gaining weight, an understanding of calories and macronutrients is a great place to start. I don't tell everybody to track or count their calories using MyFitnessPal or something like that. But for a lot of people, there there has benefits to it. I wrote, I um, made quite an interesting video recently on the pros and cons of counting your calories and who it's right for, because it's certainly not right for everyone. Um, but it definitely has a place for a lot of people as well. The, the education and learning process you go through, through um, counting your calories and understanding that, oh, that food has this amount of protein and that food has this amount of fat and, and carbohydrates, et cetera, is a really good process for people to take. Um, and it's one that isn't a diet. They carry on eating the foods that they love and enjoy. I try not to write people specific diet plans because then I'm just telling them which foods to eat rather than them carrying on enjoying the foods that they love and maybe adding in some of the the great ingredients and foods that they should be having so yeah I try to just give people the self-responsibility because when they do that and have the knowledge then they're able to take that with them hopefully for the rest of their life and I know we're just coming up on time so just have a few more questions for you 
One of them is, how do you think fitness can be integrated into our healthcare system? I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't know massive amount. I think there have been some good inter, inter, interactions with some brands and some campaigns like the 10K Steps campaign yes. and all these things that, that have really gone into the healthcare system as well. But I find maybe you'll be able to tell me more, but I find nutrition maybe is behind in the healthcare system. Like I was, I, I've, I don't go to, I don't use the healthcare system very much, but when <laughs> I see people do, um, I see maybe the nutrition isn't the best it can be when we know nutrition is the number one factor for um, what the body needs and the nutrients that it provides. Um, so now I'd like to see change, more changes in actually <clears throat> integrating healthcare and the fitness industry closer together because I find that what social media and fitness people are doing is kind of trend setting and and finding the routes to having the actual uh, awareness to help people one-to-one and through the masses might be a great way to integrate it into, into the healthcare if they can keep up to speed with what's changing and what's working with people. It's also very difficult, I, I suppose, with nutrition, because as you said before, everyone's an individual. And with public health messaging, it's different for the 10,000 steps. But even the 10,000 steps, it doesn't apply to everyone because not everyone can walk. And yeah. the same with nutrition. Everyone's going to, like you said, respond to certain foods differently, whether it be different diets or different foods. So even though public health messaging is quite often beneficial, it doesn't apply to everyone. And not everyone's going to be possibly healthy or healthier because of that messaging so i completely agree with you it is difficult and we need to be more integrated with other practices could you provide the listeners with three actionable tips to help improve their health from today i think it would be good for me to round up a few things which absolutely um, i've said in the podcast so number one is the is the is the small the small habits not changing too much all at once um, but the small habits whether that's one to three um, changes a week or a month until you feel that they are natural to you where they're not as as difficult um, to do every single day once they're nailed you can then think about changing some more and that will help you just get started with one or two or three things I think that's <clears throat> a big thing um, secondly is with your fitness or your exercise routine is stop thinking about what is perfect or what your neighbor's doing or what that fitness model in Instagram is doing. Um, but thinking, how can I integrate what they're showing me into my day-to-day -day life? What would work for me and all of my other priorities? What time of day would that actually work for me? Can I squeeze that in? Maybe does it need to be two times instead of three times a week? And once you find something that actually balances well in your routine, then you're going to feel less of a failure when it messes up and you can't keep it up, but you feel like you're actually achieving something that works for you. And then thirdly is the mindset, is the goal setting. Do you know exactly what it is that you want to achieve? Uh, do you feel, just think about the SMART goals. Is it specific? Is it measurable? Do you feel it's achievable and realistic for you? And is it timed? Do you know when you want to achieve that goal? And having that goal in mind every single day, whether that's because it's written on the fridge or it's on your phone screensaver 
or because it's what you meditate for for five or ten minutes in the morning, um, I think is a great way to stay motivated, stay focused on what you're looking to achieve rather than just cruising through life. And before you realize another year has passed and you've still got 20 pounds to lose, I think it's uh, just time for change. You can do it. Have the self-belief. Fantastic. And just to echo you for a second, that goal setting, I think, is so important because even I'm guilty of forgetting those goals. And I'm definitely going to take that tip away with me. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Alex, it's been a huge pleasure to have you on the show. But before you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you and what projects that you have coming up? Yeah, no problem. You can find me on Instagram, Alex Crockford, and Twitter, Alex Crockford. My YouTube is doing well. Please find uh, me again, Alex Crockford. And my, um, my website for my online programs is www.alexcrockford.com. Um, and I recently um, launched my app, which you can find on the app stores, iOS and Android for free, the Crockford app. Um, it has one week free trials in gym and home training. And you can upgrade to the the full online programs, either on the website that I previously mentioned or through the app. Um, Yeah, so that's what the year has in store for me. Fantastic. Alex, I've really enjoyed our conversation. It was great to get your perspective on a whole, a range of different things uh, of the health and fitness industry. And I do hope that we can do this again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Functional Health Podcast. You can find links to everything that we talked about today in the show notes. If you have a second, please consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference and helps get this valuable information out and reach more people. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date and know whenever I release a new episode. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or our website, and all questions are welcome. As always, thanks to Joss Aurelia for the editing, and Alan Harper for his support. <laughs>